the point of this is to provide the best facts-driven show that we possibly can. Ideally, you have a glue guy. Who is good? Hashtag glue guy. Hashtag locker room guy. You can't go sign Bobby Holik to a trillion dollars. You can't do these things. Very satisfying. The absolute best NYR show in town. This is the Liberty Blue. Liberty Blue. Rangers Podcast. Rangers Podcast. With Andrew Shelby. Andrew Shelby. And Nick Zoraris. Zoraris. Rangers fans, welcome to Liberty Blue, the best Rangers podcast in town. I'm Andrew Chelney alongside Nick Zararis. We scream about the Rangers so that you don't have to. This is episode 63, live on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, and we're available wherever you get your podcasts as well. Nick, the Metro division just got a little bit interesting as the Pittsburgh Penguins have acquired Eric Carlson for essentially half a sandwich. It's crazy, man. Uh, there were reportedly upwards of, I want to say, five or six teams that had alluded some level of interest to the Penguins and Carl, uh, uh, some level of interest to the Sharks about Carlson. And then really quickly, it just became he's only going to Pittsburgh. I want to say that started about the first or second, probably the second week of July is when that chatter really started to pick up that only really Pittsburgh was in play there. And then it just kind of, it took a while to happen. But like you said, it happened over the weekend. We sit here now, the Penguins are a better hockey team. They didn't have to give up anything of note. They gave up a lot, a top 10 protected draft pick and Mikhail Granlin, who they wanted to get rid of anyway. They did really well for that. They were able to shed Jeff Petrie's contract and get Carlson in the sharks probably and we're going to talk about this in a minute should have retained a lot more of that salary to incentivize the penguins to give them more stuff because frankly eric carlson is still a good a useful hockey player there is definitely a world in which eric carlson can be a functional power play quarterback play 21 22 minutes a night on a good team that is trying to win a stanley cup I don't know, and this will be a crux of this argument for a lot of people of like, well, you just spent the entirety of last season complaining about his defense and that all he did was focus on offense. Yes, he did, and I'm assuming he's going to have to draw back some of that offense to make the defense not not even good, just passable enough that he's not hamstringing his team, and that's kind of really where the conversation starts from the Penguins' perspective, but for the Sharks' perspective, and you and I were just talking about this, what's the plan here? They have, what, one or two decent prospects they've accumulated over the last two, three years of being a bad team. They have no real like path to relevancy beyond developing their own guys, and the coach in charge of that clearly has shown he's not good at developing talent. So I, I do not understand what the Sharks' plan is right now on any level. So the full trade here, for those that missed it, the Montreal Canadiens were the third team involved in order to, to facilitate some cap crunching, uh, you know, make the cap work for everybody involved. Pittsburgh Penguins receive Eric Carlson, Rem Pitlick, who's a fourth line, kind of 13 forward kind of player. Dylan uh, Hamaliak, who to my understanding is just going to play in the AHL. And a 2026 third round draft pick. San Jose, uh, we'll, we'll get to San Jose in a second. Montreal gets a 2025 second round pick. They get Jeff Petrie, who is rumored to be on the move. Uh, to my, the, the rumors are that Montreal is not going to keep Jeff Petrie. We'll Obviously, we don't know yet, but that's kind of the rumbling so far. They get Casey to Smith, and they get a player, Nathan Legary, who I don't really know too much about. San Jose. Now, this is the kicker. They get a 2024 first-round draft pick, which is a top-10 protected pick. They get Jan Ruda, who's a defenseman. That's not going to move the needle for San Jose. Mike Hoffman via Montreal, who's 
a power play specialist who doesn't do anything at five on five. And Mikhail Granlund, a guy who was terrible, terrible in Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh was basically begging teams to get to, to take. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's the end of the sentence. That's the end of the trade. The San Jose Sharks traded away a 100-point Norris Trophy winning defenseman. Now, did he deserve to win the Norris? To us, the answer is no. But the NHL gave him the award. Therefore, he is a Norris winning defenseman. They traded away a 100-point defenseman for a top 10 uh, top 10 protected first round pick and Mikhail Granlund. The Coyotes got more for Jacob Chikrin. What are we I'm, doing here? Like, okay, like, listen, San Jose is going to win eight games next season. And the, and Mike Greer turned around and said, we don't need anybody to kind of, we don't need any blue chip prospects. We'll just, we'll just get Mikhail Granlund playing first line minutes. All good. That's fine. David Quinn's going to try to win games. He's going to try to put Mikhail Granlund up at the top six. He's going to score four goals the whole season because he's not suited for top six minutes anymore. And David Quinn's going to win eight games. And he's going to be like, oh, well, 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 look at the roster. Oh, I tried, I tried everything to win the games. And then, but then it's like, dude, if you're Mike Greer, this is, I'd be embarrassed. Truly, I'd be embarrassed if I was in my career. Like, you have all of the leverage, and you retained $1.5 million, when you could have retained a lot more to get a lot more, because you're going to have a trillion dollars in cap space anyway. You could have gotten more teams involved That's if right. you were willing to retain more money. That's you, really the crux of this There's you Like, the fact that you got no prospect to kind of just throw into the top six and be like, listen, we're going to be bad. Might as well get some young talent into the lineup just so they could play a bunch of games, play a bunch of good minutes. You know, we'll see what we got. Maybe they get some experience. Maybe they'll blossom into a good player. Who knows? Like, just you, just, you, you got you nobody. Like, you got nobody. You got a top 10 protected first round pick and Mikhail Granlund for Eric Carlson. Like, I mean, Mike Greer is is rapidly, rapidly turning into a, just an American Picciarelli. Like, what are we doing here? What are we, what's happening? The point I'll make on this before we start the main point of today's episode, which is just why it's so hard to do well in these trades for star players. The Sharks are nowhere near being even a playoff team, let alone a cup contender. If they were in a position like, say, Buffalo is right now or Ottawa is right now, I could understand a willingness, a not having a willingness to retain salary because you might want to add to your team to become to if your team's a little bit better than you expect to add on to what you already have. But the Sharks are nowhere close to even being a fringe playoff team, let alone being a good team like those two teams I just mentioned who think they might be able to get somewhere. And that's really why I don't get it. We talk about all the time, you want to pay guys for the primes of their careers, not what they did before they got to you. If you're paying for what guys already did as opposed to what they're going to do, you are not going to end up doing well. And it's fun because on today's episode, we're going to talk about all these superstar trades over the last 10 years or so. And Eric Carlson's been traded twice at P- in that conversation and all of these guys for the most part the team that trades the star player ends up 
losing the trade long-term because it is so damn difficult to develop the guys you're taking in the teens and the twenties into marquee players, because more often than not, you are trading with a good team for one of these superstars. And those picks have a capped out ceiling of you're picking 18th or worse. And it's just a lot harder to turn those guys into NHL players, which to your point, that's why you should want prospects roster players, as opposed to just draft picks because draft picks, Everybody likes draft picks until they actually have to use them. And then that starts the clock. And then within three years, if that draft pick isn't anything, you wasted your draft pick and you didn't really get anything to show for it. That's the biggest recurring theme of today's episode when we go through all of these trades. For the most part, these draft picks that teams got in return for star players turned into nothing. It just, from, from, from if you're a San Jose Sharks fan, you have to be irate looking yeah. at this trade. Because here's the thing about the, the San Jose Sharks kind of, you know, look ahead in the next few years. They are going to remain bad for a while. Yeah. What exactly does a 2024 top 10 protected first-round pick do for the Sharks right now? Besides, I guess, being a trade chip down the road, if so, if you so need one, what does that do for the rebuilding Sharks now? It's it'd be one thing if like they got I don't know. I'm just making it up. Like if they got two first round picks and like three seconds or whatever, and like there's stocking picks. Yeah. That'd be that that like that would make more sense. They should have tried to get Pittsburgh picks from 25 or 26, yeah, not right. 24. Yeah. Because that's they, when the Penguins will actually start to hit a wall. The San Jose Sharks are going to be a really bad team within the neck for the with for the foreseeable future, and they don't have a plan to get out of that. Nope. They they didn't get any blue chip prospect. They didn't get any blue chip pick for that matter. I mean, dude, the fact that Kyle Dubas, on top of just giving away one first round pick, was able to add a top 10 protection for yeah. Eric Carlson is the most ludicrous thing. Like if I was Mike Greer, I'd hang up the phone and, and laugh in Kyle's face like that's that's a joke of a trade. Kyle, Kyle wins a hundred out of a hundred times and Montreal did really well here. Like they, they got, you know, a second round pick. They got Jeff Petrie. Like they got, apparently they're going to flip. I, you know, we'll wait and see on that. But like they gave away Mike Hoffman. Okay. And Ren Pitlick. Okay. They got a second round pick and a guy they can flip for more assets. Like if anything, Montreal won the trade way more than San Jose did. Like San Jose, this is, this is just flat out embarrassing. All right. Let's get to the crux of today's episode, which is just talking about why it's so difficult to make these trades happen. Why so few teams are ever willing to push chips in. And the teams that do usually get rewarded, which is what's crazy about this. Like, you would think based on the track record, and we're going to go through a lot. I have 27 players here. I have Eric Carlson listed twice, like I said before. I have 27 different players here listed. And almost all of the teams that acquired these guys ended up doing better. You think about the ones in recent history, like Jack Eichel, like Taylor Hall, Dougie Hamilton, the first time or the second time. These teams that add the star player always end up doing well. And the lack of willingness to go out and make something happen because you would rather buy your time and line up everything perfectly and get one good crack at it, I will never understand. It's a league full of guys who want to be David Poyle as opposed to a guy who wants to be like Jim Rutherford. Like, yeah, what happened at the end of his time in Pittsburgh him leaving abruptly sucked and it was unfair what he did. He won his two cups and he was out of there within three years. 
I would rather have that resume than have the resume of some of these guys who just, they'd rather hang around for a long time as opposed to win anything. Well, and, because they want to keep their jobs, Nick. They would rather be mediocre for 20 years if it meant they kept their jobs as opposed to staying in a in, in that position for seven to eight years with a Stanley Cup or at least get really close because they're actually yeah. trying to win one and then move on to somebody else. Like They would much rather be career, essentially career politicians of like, yeah. once I'm in... Uh, I'm here, baby. That's all I got to do. I don't want to do anything that's worth my time to change anything. I'm here. I'm part of the club, baby. All good. Like, all, so many hockey execs think that way. Of like, once I'm in, I'm, I'm, ch- I'm chilling. I, like, I want what's best for me, myself, and I, and the team is... Second down the second down the line. I'm gonna do just enough to to make to make sure we're competitive, so that I can keep my job. And then we'll kick the can down the road for next year, and then we'll repeat the process. This I, I would much rather have a general man. If I was a you know a fan, if I'm a fan of a hockey team or any sports team for that matter, I want a general manager that is going to go is going to make the moves that is going to make us the best team possible within that within that environment. If if we're you know if we're a playoff team. And we're just going to be a fresh round exit year after year. I don't. I don't want that kind of general manager. I want either we we break something, we break it down and and revitalize, or let's let's go, let's win now, because this this like in between nonsense. It 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 is great for the execs. It's great for nobody else. All right. Let's get to the crux of today's episode, the fun part, the part that's going to make this an interesting conversation. So the first star player trade we have here is Jay Bomeister, who was traded by the Flames to the St. Louis Blues for a first round pick and two prospects. Bomeister played another eight seasons with the Blues, won the Stanley Cup in 2019, really solid NHL career. That is what you hope Ke'Andre Miller ends up peaking as, as Jay as basically a slightly taller Jay Bomeister. That's your hope. I think the Blues absolutely won the trade. The three guys in that trade, I'd never heard of. I'll be honest with you. I have no idea who Rito Berra, Mark Kandari, or Emil Poirier are. So I think by default, that says Jay Bomeister is a win for the Blues. Rito Berra was a journeyman goalie. He played in Russia for a little while, then came back to Calgary for a little bit. And they, Yeah, I mean, Emil Poirier was a AHLer. Who I don't even know. Maybe he's playing out in the Europe still. I don't really know. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of the gamble that you take when you're a team that's acquiring draft picks and prospects. Of like, yep. uh, ex- you know, there's there's situations where you know you're acquiring a really good prospect, and that's kind of the highlight of the trade. But if you're kind of getting a pick and two prospects that you're like, maybe they can do things, or maybe they can't. I don't know. Let's see that kind of trade becomes a lot harder for the acquiring team so for for st louis i mean yeah they they got a player that they it wasn't one you know a a short-term thing they didn't give up i mean maybe like short term they gave up a a hole to get them but long term you look back and you you realize like they really didn't give up anything to get them he wanted stanley cup with them i mean it's a great trade for st louis calgary like the at the time calgary probably did pretty well. I mean, to get a first round pick and two prospects for a defenseman, if you're selling the team, if you're selling, you know, instead of buying at the deadline, that's pretty good. Short- Got a better return than the Sharks did. That's right. That's right. 
Like, Jay Boomister got a better trade return than Eric Carlson did. Like, th- think about that. So, at the time, they did well. Obviously, in hindsight, their prospects didn't turn out to anything. But at the time, pretty fair trade. Okay. Next up, this one just happened this past season. Jacob Chikrin traded by the Coyotes to the Senators for a first and two second-round picks. I think it's a little early to decide ultimately because you don't know what those Arizona picks are. But I am inclined to say Ottawa did well here because they got a good player. That makes the rest of their team better because Shabbat doesn't have to play 35 minutes a game. And Jacob Chikrin is a really solid defenseman. I'm inclined to think Ottawa will in the long run end up get, being on the right side of this trade. I agree. Like, I, I think Ottawa did I just really don't well. trust Arizona as well. That, that's also part of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jake, Jake, Jake Chikrin is a really, really solid hockey player, and he's going to help Ottawa a considerable amount. Uh, yeah, the first round pick and the two seconds, like, Ottawa's on the up and up right now, so kind of... I, it remains to be seen what Arizona does with those picks. And also, on top of seeing what they do with the picks, are they going to turn into anything? Those picks are years down the line yes. from from see, you know from from seeing fruition of, of what they become. So we don't really know. At the time, like, could Arizona have gotten more from a different team? I don't know. Maybe. But, like, Arizona did well from the perspective of, hey, like, you know, we got a first, we got a two seconds. That's 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 what Jay Bowmeister got. So that's what Jake, you know, that's what Jake Chicken got. So it's not too bad, but Ottawa got a really good defenseman and they, they didn't give up, they didn't break the bank to get him either. Okay, so I'm putting him in the star acquiring team tier. We move along. Alex Debrinkit. I am doing the uh, trade that sent him to Ottawa, not the trade that sent him to Detroit, which on this one is a first round pick, a second round pick, and a fourth round pick. Of course, he only played one season in Ottawa before they had to flip him to Detroit because he didn't want to extend there. Um, It's a gamble anytime you trade for one of these guys that you can actually re-sign them, which that speaks to kind of Ottawa not really having a a well-situated plan for once they acquired him, actually being able to retain him. But I commend the effort. I think, honestly, I'd say there's no winners in that trade because the Blackhawks definitely could have gotten a lot more. And Ottawa ultimately got some stuff back for him from Detroit. But ultimately, I think no one won that trade. I would agree with that as well. I mean, yeah, the the Debrinket trade at the time was solid for both teams. Like, that was... Debrinket's a really good player, so you're going to have to give up a first plus more in order to get him. So... It, they, it, they didn't give up two first-round picks, right? They didn't give up, like, two first and a second. Like, a first, second, and fourth was pretty fair for to break it at the time. And, yeah, it, it, there's no winner because he's not there anymore. And the trade happened, like, eight minutes ago. So, yeah, yeah no winners. Okay. The next one is the Matt Duchesne trade, the famous one, where he said, I want to play for a team that's going to be in the playoffs. He got sent to Ottawa, which didn't work out. And then he eventually ended up in Nashville a couple years later. So I will read it. This one is convoluted, so stay with me. The Predators send a second-round pick, Samuel Gerard, Vladislav Kamenev to the Avalanche. The Senators send a first-round pick and a third-round pick, Shane Bowers, the Hamburglar, Andrew Hammond to Colorado, and then the Senators sent Kyle Turris to the Predators, who eventually ended up being Matt Duchesne's teammate, I think I feel confident in saying there were no winners in this trade either. I think everybody did worse for themselves, in all honesty. Maybe you could argue Nashville getting rid of Kyle Turris, Nashville getting Kyle Turris at that point when they were still kind of contenders, if you wanted to argue them. But Ottawa, I mean, they made that one playoff run. He eventually got traded again to Columbus for a cup of coffee before he ended up in Nashville. But again, I think this is a no winners. It's hard to pull off this type of trade. I kind of want to argue that 
Colorado one. Colorado one. By getting rid of him. Okay, well, I can well, see that argument. Yeah, that's part of it. I mean, he clearly didn't want to be there, and he was like, ah, this is not a playoff winning team. Let, you know, let me get uh, I want out. But they also got Sam Gerard in that deal. Like getting player. getting Sam Gerard, because if you if you know, if you do a redux of that trade. You know, Kyle Kyle Turris is is still in Nashville, but d- does he provide more impact to Nashville than Sam Girard does at Colorado? Like the answer is no. Like Sam no. Girard is Sam Girard is a pretty consistent force on Colorado, and Matt Duchesne just got bought out by Nashville. Yeah, like he he had a he had a really solid season in Nashville. Like, don't get me wrong, but overall, like Sam Girard is the only person still on that still on the team that he got traded to. So. I would say Colorado won that. Okay, I'm good with that. Next up, Jack Eichel, traded by the Buffalo Sabres with a third-round pick that gets slid to the following season if Vegas doesn't make the playoffs for a first-round pick, a second-round pick, Peyton Krebs, and Alex Tuck. Uh, Vegas won a cup. I'm very yeah. content with putting them in the star-acquiring team. Alex Tuck's a solid player. Like Peyton so is Krebs Peyton Krebs. Won. Peyton Krebs looks like he's going to be good, but you're in this to win Stanley Cups. And yep. I think if you win a Stanley Cup by default, you you won the trade. And he was a driving force yeah, in the playoffs. He, he was, was incredible. Yeah. Like also, it was really funny how like a lot of Rangers fans at the time were like, I don't, I don't want Jack Eichel. He's he's just he's he's not gonna be the player that the Rangers need. Blah blah blah. blah, blah, blah. And then he puts up a million points in the playoffs in the Vegas Golden Knights win a Stanley Cup. All good though, all good. All good. I'm not mad. You're mad. <laughs> okay, easy enough. Kevin Fiala's up next. Kevin Fiala traded for a first-round pick and prospect Brock Faber. I'm inclined to say LA won this trade because Fiala's a solid 30-goal guy and you don't know what that Minnesota pick's going to end up being. That's the type of aggressive move you want your team to make, where you can get a guy who's a 35-40 goal guy for just a first-round pick and a prospect. That's a pretty solid trade. Yeah, I, I don't know much about Brock Faber, so I can't really speak to how he plays. I mean, by all accounts, if the Minnesota Wild, like they, they, they clearly highlighted him, uh, uh, you know, in, in the, in the Kings pipeline. So they clearly wanted him. Well, this is kind of a wait and see for me. I yeah. mean, LA, LA won in terms of like, yeah, they got a really good player who put up, who put up a bunch of numbers for him. Uh, but like now he's not even there anymore. So that's, that goes to show you how, you know, how much that's valued, I guess. But like, it's, it's tough to, to say right now. I mean, I guess I'll put that, that the Kings won the trade, but from Minnesota's perspective, I want to see how, how Brock favor plays before I, I like, give a, a genuine yeah. answer. Cause by all accounts, to my understanding he's going to be a really solid player. So I don't know. Okay. We can put that there for now and we can revisit this eventually. It's time for our first trip to the Peter Shirelli zone, Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Thank you for that great 10 minutes of content. Taylor Hall won a heart trophy. The Devils made the playoffs and Adam Larson is a member of the Seattle Kraken. Um, that's really all I have to say about that. The trade is one for one. Correct. Uh, next up, this one, I have the Dougie Hamilton trade from the Bruins. This is also an uh, uh, one by the artist formerly known as Peter Shirelli. To the Calgary Flames for first-round pick, Zach Seneshin, second-round pick, Jacob Forsbacks Carlson, and Jeremy Lozon. God bless Peter Shirelli, man. <laughs> the thing, God bless. The thing about that trade is if they just drafted properly... If they took Kyle Connor, Matt Barzell, that's right. or or Shabbat, yeah. that's all they had to do when they like, won that trade. The, but the, the thing about the trade, though, 
is can you put can you put that on the trade in a vacuum because no. like if you the the bruins went right like back they had like three picks in a row yes all they had to do was draft properly which yeah. isn't part of the trade like the trade wasn't great because Dougie Hamilton, as we know, is a is a phenomenal talent, and he he's yeah, he's one of the best defensemen in the league for sure. So the, the trade was bad. But if the Bruins had just drafted the right players, like everybody everybody on the sidelines was screaming the correct players to draft, and Boston was like, "I'll show you, I know better because I'm an NHL executive," and then they got dumpstered. Because of course they did, because of their hubris. So, yeah, the trade was bad. It was made a lot worse by their scouting team. Yes, correct. Okay. Bo Horvat, I am inclined to say nobody won that trade because, yes, the Islanders made the playoffs last year, but they had to give him that really long extension. And the Canucks got, you know, I'll pick in the teens, Anthony Beauvillier and um, Atu Ratu, who may or may not be a useful NHL player. I think that's just very much those two teams kind of lined that trade up. I, I don't want to say the Islanders kind of forced a trade because they felt like they needed to shake things up last year. I'm sure Horvat's going to have a fine season this year. He probably won't be nearly as good counting stats wise, but I wouldn't be surprised if his analytics had a nice bounce back because he had such poor shooting luck the second half of last year while still being solid, especially considering Barzell was out a good, you know, eight weeks and he was really the, him and Brock Nelson were really the only two Islander forwards of note playing particularly well down the stretch for them last year. I mean, if you want to say star acquiring team and that the Islanders won the trade, I wouldn't argue that vehemently against it. But I think those are the only two candidates because the Canucks definitely didn't win. No, well, no, of course they didn't win. The Islanders got better by getting yes. Bo Horvat. The thing about that, which makes this whole situation an enigma, is that like they're still the same team, right? They got better, and yet they are still the same team. Their their ceiling is the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, they they you can never discount a team championed by Ilya Sorokin, right? Like, this is one of the the best goalies on the planet who can steal a series as we've seen him do in the playoffs already. Like, my man's is it's such a such an elite 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 talent that you can never count out the Islanders because of who they have in net. But Bo Horvat, while he does move the needle for me to, a little bit more than Beauvillier, yeah, that contract is not great. The Islanders have like eight cents in cap space for the next thousand years. And it's like, it's, it's, he's good. He's a good player and he helps the Islanders more than Beauvillier. But the contract sucks and they, they gave up a good amount to get him. So, yeah, the Islanders won. But like, but at what cost? At what cost? Yeah, essentially. So I'll say no winners then. Sure. I will say nobody won that trade. Okay, this one is not a Peter Shirelli, but it might as well have been. Sure, that's Seth Jones. You could you could that, put it in that tier. You just just go ahead and drop it there. It's just, it's the equivalent of of a Peter Shirelli move. I I understand that um Bowman was very clearly just desperately trying to save his job and. That's really the only reason he made that trade. And it looks worse by the day because Seth Jones just isn't that good in comparison to what people thought he was going to be a couple of years ago. Other than that, I don't really have much to say. An awful trade. Columbus made out well getting what they did in return for him. They got to actually do stuff with the draft picks they got in return, but that's something at least. Seth Jones is one of the players of all time. I mean, like he, he 
he didn't have a bad season in Chicago this year, which was, you know, good to see. Like, I, you know, we, we all love to make fun of players that perform badly with massive contracts, but like Seth Jones didn't have the worst season in, in Chicago, which is definitely an improvement over what he was prior to that. So yeah, he wasn't too bad, but he gets paid essentially the GDP of a small country to play hockey for the Chicago Blackhawks. And does he, or does he, deserve that kind of contracts no read my expression and for those listening uh the answer is a big fat no so i mean the, bowman was desperate he got his guy and now he is definitely one of the players on the chicago blackhawks okay jt miller going from the lightning to the canucks for a third round pick and a first round pick the lightning won two cups after trading him and like very clearly there is something that the general public is not aware of with JT Miller, where multiple teams have kind of, you know, the Rangers and lightning both gave up on him. And we're like, we just don't want to deal with this anymore. And like the lightning are pretty good at evaluating talent. Like they did the same thing with Tony D'Angelo where they're like, Oh, this guy's a lunatic. Let's get rid of him and get something in return as quick as we can, where I think it's hard. This one's a little trickier because JT Miller has put up really good seasons in Vancouver. I mean, he hit what? 85 points last year. He hit 99 in 2021, 2022. And then he hit 82 last year. I mean, this is somebody who's a really good hockey player. He's just kind of, you know, he doesn't give you a ton defensively. He may or may not be a problem for the rest of the guys on the team. But I, I think you have to say the st- the Lightning won because they traded him and then won two Stanley Cups with the cap savings they got. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, like this one's this one's tough because like you you never know. Would they have won the cup? with JT Miller minus who they got. I mean like the answer could still be yes because they were that good. So, it's I don't know, it's tough to say with the, with that trade. With the JT rumor, the JT Miller rumors, clearly there's something that maybe his part of his personality or something that he did or didn't do like I don't know, but yeah, the the rumors like about him as a person aren't terrific. I would like to know more the you know, the poster childs of the NHL I'd be refuse to let us actually know what's going on with JT Miller. They would rather, you know, uh, not do their job. So, uh, yeah, like I don't, it's, it's tough. Like JT Miller is really, has been really good on Vancouver. Uh, he had like that stretch. I think, I think it was early on in Vancouver where he was just kind of like, he didn't want to be there, yes. but now he's like embraced the city and uh, he wants, he, to my understanding, he like enjoys being there and all these things. They didn't want to get traded, whatever. So I it's ah, this one's really tough because of the kind of haze that we have as fans surrounding the player. I wish reporters that covered the league told us what is actually the problem. If there is one, yes. that's that's kind of like, you know, the the overarching theme of like allegedly he's not a great human being. Why? I don't know. I couldn't tell you because the reporters won't tell us anything. Yeah. All right. The first Eric Carlson trade, which sent him to San Jose from Ottawa. San Jose traded the Senators a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and forward Chris Tierney. Those prospects ended up being Rudolph Balsers, Dylan DeMello, and Josh Norris. I 
think San Jose, I understand why they made the trade at the time they did. They were pretty close at the time, or at least felt they were when they traded for him. The Sharks were the Sharks won the most playoff games of any team last decade to not win the Stanley Cup. I understand why they went for it. They gave up a ton, but Eric Carlson is one of the best defensemen of his era, and I think it's fair to say San Jose won. Especially looking back at who the Senators drafted with all those draft picks. Like yes. at the time, at the time they got a bunch of draft picks and it was great and all, but they didn't draft well. And that's no. again, that's that's the coin flip that you take when you don't trade for real players, you trade for an idea, right? Yes. Draft picks are just ideas. It's up to you to put the ideas into reality and draft well and develop well and get you know, all these ideas in motion with, with guys on the ice. The Senators didn't do a great job of that. Yeah, I mean, J- Josh Norris is still part of their organization, but Balsers isn't, Chris Tierney isn't, like these guys who they used good draft picks to get didn't amount to anything. So in the short term, I can see why it might have been kind of an even trade, but looking back at it, yeah, San Jose won that pretty pretty clearly. Okay, and we, we know what the trade is for uh, the one we just talked about. Him yeah, going you can put that in Peter Shirelli. <laughs> okay, so yeah. one in there, one in there. Okay, Phil the Thrill going from Toronto to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh traded a first-round pick, a third-round pick, Scott Harrington, Perry Kapanen, and Nick Spalling to the Leaf for Phil Kessel. The Penguins won two Stanley Cups. I think pretty convincingly you can say the star-acquiring team won that trade. Yeah, and he was again a driving force behind was, those cup wins. It's not as if player. it's not it's not as if they won the cups and he like you know he sat on the bench or like or did you know just did nothing. Like my man's was one of the highlights of those teams that won the cups. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Pittsburgh won that. Okay, I have Ryan McDonough going from the Rangers to the Lightning on here. I will be saying that. That's an all we have to say about that. Two Stanley Cups and yeah. the Rangers have nothing left in the organization. From I, you know what. I kind of think this belongs in the Peter Shirelli category. It was such That's an, a little too... Bec- the reason I will such, say no to that is because at the time, you knew the Rangers didn't do well, but you thought out of sheer volume of assets that something would work. That's why I can't put it in Peter Shirelli. At the time, Peter I Shirelli, it. At the time, I, I, I disliked it. it too. But Peter Shirelli, you know everybody is like, what, what the fuck is going on? That is the only reason it can't be in that column. Because like, I, I understand the trade at face value. Was that the first round pick the Rangers got? Was That was the, the first round pick they, they used for Kendra Miller. Am I mistaken they, in they that? They traded that. To I get it say, or something yeah, like that? They, okay. I think they used that and another pick to trade up and get Kendra Miller, I mean, if like, I remember correctly. Or it might have been the pick they used to take Nils Lundqvist and then they traded Nils Lundqvist anyway for another no, pick. No, it couldn't have been the Nils Lundqvist pick because that one was like, what, seventh over? No, Nils no? was 20-something. Was he 20-something? Yeah, I, this was, is, I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. But like, yeah, I mean... If if this is the pick that they got for Kendra Miller, then it's not as bad. Mm-hmm. But still, like it it was that was the it just it was really bad at the time. I hated it at the time because not only like it because it was McDonough and Miller at the same time. Yes, for for all of that, like they traded two like they traded two quarters for a couple of dimes. Like, not even, you know, 
uh, you know, a, a quarter and like, you know, they didn't trade 50 cents for 45. Like they traded 50 cents for like maybe 20, 25 cents. Like they used some of that money to eventually, I think, I think get Andre Miller. So like be, by sheer, I guess, luck, maybe through sheer just hashtag grit they got Kendra Miller I don't know but the, the trade as a standalone because it was JT Miller and Ryan McDonough for all those picks I thought it was a disaster at the time and the Rangers hung on to hike the kayak for a thousand years because they wanted so desperately to That's show something, something from that trade and not get thoroughly embarrassed. Like, if they just signed Libor Hayek or he was a throw-in in, like, a different trade, they would never have kept him this long. They yeah. would have sent him somewhere a long time ago. They would have cut ties. They kept Libor Hayek on the Rangers up until this season because they were so desperate to prove that that trade wasn't a failure, which it was. Okay, Timo Meyer going from the Sharks to the Devils. Zachary Edmonds, Scott Harrington, Santeri Hakata, Tamir Ibragimov to the Devils for a first-round pick, a first-round pick, Andreas Johnson, Shakira Makhmadulin, Nikita Okutuyev, and Fabian Zetterlin. I think, again, the Devils cleaned up here. I don't think the Sharks got a single good asset in that entire trade. The Devils going to be picking in the late 20s for both of those first-round picks, and none of the roster players they got back, none of the prospects they got back are close. Like, Shakira Makhmadulin might be the closest out of all of them, and that guy's still probably at least a year away from being an NHL player. I don't know anything about these prospects, so I can't speak to them. Listen, like like we like we talked about before, you know, we watch a lot of NHL. I work within the NBA ecosphere. I got other things going on. I can't be out here watching, you know, the Russian Junior League at four in the morning. I can't be doing these things. So I don't know too much about these players, but Timo Meyer is one of the greatest players in the league right now. And the Devils didn't have to give him the key, didn't have to give San Jose the key to the city. No Mercer, no Holtz, yeah, right, no yeah. Nemec, so, no Hughes. Yeah. New Jersey won this one pretty, pretty handily. Okay. Rick Nash going from the Blue Jackets to the Rangers for Artem Anisimov, Brandon Dubinsky, and Tim Erickson, and a first round selection, which became Kirby Reichel. Uh, the Rangers won that trade. The Blue Easily. Jackets, Easily. the Blue Jackets ended up trading Anisimov. Dubinsky retired a Blue Jacket. Dubinsky had a nice tenure with Columbus. Sure. But, you know, Rick Nash, obviously the best player in the trade. And the, yeah. Ra the Rangers got pretty damn close, but and, twice. And not only that, they then traded Rick Nash for, for another first-round pick. For a first-round pick, yeah. And, and Ryan Lindgren. And the Rangers have Ryan Lindgren because of Rick Nash. So Yeah. Max Pacioretty going from Montreal to Vegas for Nick Suzuki, Tomas Tatar and a second round pick. This one, I think Montreal won this trade because I think Nick Suzuki is more in line with where Montreal is going. I mean, Max Pacioretty, Vegas had to give away. Max Pacioretty couldn't yeah. stay healthy, which kind of undid his time there. But sure. I think Montreal pretty convincingly wins that trade. It's a it's a great trade for Montreal in, in hindsight. I think this one's tough to, to judge because of Pacioretty's injury issues. Mm -hmm. I think if he, if he stayed healthy... We, we would have seen a completely different timeline in Vegas. Now, would they have, they, they might still have traded them in order to get the players they have now and, the, you know, to go in that cup run now and all those things. But, like, you know, if Patch Reddy was healthy, do they go get Jack Eichel? 
do they go and make the moves that they've made? Like, we don't know the answer to those things. So this one's hard to grade because his injuries derailed the rest of his career. Like, we have no idea. Okay, so I'm putting him in here because Montreal has Nick Suzuki, who's their captain now, sure. prime of his career, solid player. This one is – this one Peter I Shirelli. think belongs in – Peter Shirelli. Yes. Peter Shirelli. Yeah. This one was yeah. a, a disaster fire for Chicago. What were they doing? A sixth-round pick and Tyler Mott with Panarin to the Blue Jackets for a five. Anton Forsberg, who – is I don't remember if he's still in the league or not. I think he is. I think but he's even on if Ottawa. He isn't, yeah, he is on Ottawa. And then for uh, Brandon Sod, because they because um are because Bowman wanted to get Brandon Sod back on the team because Tays yeah. and Kane for, were sad that they yeah. traded his their friend. So yeah. yeah, I think very convincingly that's one of the worst NHL trades of all time. Terrible, just an atrocity, a modern atrocity. Like Panarin, his last season in Chicago, he put up 74 points. And then in Columbus, 82-87. As a really good player, I mean, Panarin on the team that beat the Lightning in the first round of the playoffs, too. So even Columbus got something out of that before he moved on. Uh, This I have for Pierre-Luc Dubois going from um, Winnipeg to L.A., in reality, I probably should have had the Patrick Line one on here too, if you want to touch that one real quick. I think neither team won the Line for Dubois trade, in all honesty. Yeah. I think I think Line is too much of an enigma to kind of tap into. Like he's a good hockey player, but mm-hmm. nobody can ever get through to the guy. So at a certain point, you kind of have to just concede. And then as far as the Kings trade, I think the Kings did okay. I think they probably gave up a smidge too much, but based on where they're going and where Winnipeg is going. I like it for LA because LA thinks they're close. They're pushing chips in as opposed to playing it conservatively. And after what we said in the open, I feel like I, I kind of have to say that, that even if they did give up too much, that LA getting Dubois means more for them because if he stays in Winnipeg or if Winnipeg trades him somewhere else, they're not, they might not end up with as good. A t- LA doesn't get the good player and you're missing out on an opportunity to improve your team because you didn't want to give up too much. So remind me of the full trade because I, because th- LA gave up like half it, their team to make this happen. Uh, Alex Iafalo, Rasmus Kaperi, and Gabe Villardi. So solid players. I mean, Iafalo is good. Villardi, I'm waiting for. He's still yet to really make an impact. And then Kapari has 130 NHL games played at 23. He's still kind of figuring it out. I think this one, you could say there's no winners because you don't know because it just happened. We haven't seen what Dubois looks like yet in L.A. But Ayafalo is a good player. I like his game. He's somebody. And, uh, yeah, I, I think this one will end up being that L.A. probably gave up too much. But for right now, at least, I feel okay with putting this in the no winners because we don't know yet. L.A. did give up too much. I mean... Dubois, like the the Winnipeg Jets won from the standpoint of this is a guy that we have to trade. We yes. cannot keep this guy. And oh, we could get a haul for him. And we did. So Winnipeg, I think, is the winner here. Yeah, like the LA Kings are getting a solid player. They gave up a lot to get him. I mean, Iafalo is a really was a, was such a solid player for the LA Kings team, and how he kind of fit onto their roster he looked really good in la and now he's not there anymore i mean will do i I would have to imagine that dubois fills that void but i didn't i just didn't like how much of the nhl roster the la kings gave up to get 
Pierre-Luc Dubois, and uh, like I said, the Jets didn't were clearly moving on anyway. So they got a haul for him. It, maybe Dubois scores 110 points and the Kings win the cup off of him, but I, as of right now, I kind of think the Jets won this one. Okay, I'm good with that. Okay, next up, Corey Schneider going from the Vancouver Canucks to the New Jersey Devils for a single first-round pick, and that first-round pick turned into Bo Horvat. The Devils got a really good goalie on a really bad team. Like, Corey Schneider in 2013 and 2014 was outstanding. He was one of the best goalies in the league, but those Devils teams just weren't very good, and the Canucks got Bo Horvat out of it. I, I think this one is honestly the closest we've had to an even trade out of yeah. all of these so far. I think I'm good with putting this in even Steven because you, you got to because Vancouver has had the line of goalies coming on. I mean, they got rid of Schneider because they still want to play Luongo. They eventually traded Luongo. They've had uh, they had Markstrom in there. They've got Demko in there. I think this is our first even Steven. At the time, it was a bad trade for Vancouver again, because it you get the idea in the draft yes. pick. But you still have to use the draft pick for somebody good. In this instance, drafting Bo Horvat makes this trade way more palatable. But in, you know, let's say the Vancouver Canucks drafted somebody else who turned into a bust and didn't play at the NHL level, this would have been an embarrassing trade. So, yeah, the, the Canucks did well because they drafted well using what they got from the trade. But at the time, Corey Schneider was... A, 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 a top 10 goalie in the NHL and Vancouver got one pick for him. Yeah, they used it well and they didn't get embarrassed, but that could have been a whole lot worse. So, yes. yeah, like, I guess it's a fair trade in hindsight. At the time, I feel like a lot of people were saying New Jersey won the trade, but because Vancouver actually used their draft picks for good for once, it's pretty fair. Okay. We got another Peter Shirelli original right here. Ah. Tyler Sagan. Yeah. Traded by the Boston Bruins with Ryan Button and Rich Peverly to the Dallas Stars for Louis Erickson, Matt Frazier, Joe Morrow, and Riley Smith. Peter Shirelli. God bless Peter Shirelli, bro. Yeah. I, I do not. How is the best thing you end up with in that trade? Riley Smith, who you trade anyway. Like, Riley Smith is undoubtedly the best player the Bruins got in return, and they play, They kept him for two seasons and then traded him to the Panthers. Like, how are you – I do not understand that – like, this is where you can get lost in the weeds depending on what rumors you believe about what players and why the Bruins traded Tyler Sagan so abruptly. But just, like, the best you got, you traded a dollar for five court nickels. That's effectively what the, the Bruins did. Yeah. They got – Five middle six guys, not a single notable pl good player. Like they the, kept Riley Smith for a year and a half and then traded him anyway. Peter Shirelli, by the way, an executive with the St. Louis Blues, still working in the NHL ecosphere, despite the mountains of evidence that we have that he is not a good executive. He's a part of the old boys club and will remain so until he decides to retire. Okay, this is a fun one now because these two guys were traded for each other. Shea Weber, PK Subban. I am inclined to say that it's probably even Steven because both teams got one cup final appearance out of their guy. Both teams ended up getting rid of their guy. I mean, you can see it here if you're watching on YouTube. Shea Weber's photoshopped into a Coyotes jersey, which is very <laughs> funny because I know Shea Weber has never put a Coyotes jersey on in his life and has probably never stepped foot in the state of Arizona, in all honesty, aside from when he was a player. 
I think you can say in hindsight, it was even at the time I thought the Canadians were insane because Weber yeah. was a good four or five years older. Subban was coming off of, a, I want to say a Norris finalist season. And uh, in hindsight, like now, I think it ended up relatively even for both teams. At the time, also, P.K. Subban was fresh off of a $10 million donation to the Children's Hospital in yes. Montreal. So it made Montreal look really bad. Yes, it did. That P.K. Subban was like, I love this city so much. I love everybody in this city. I am going to give $10 million towards the Children's Hospitals and you know, and funding everything. Only to to turn around and be like, all right, now it's now all right now 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 after you've done all that, get out of here. Like that looked really bad. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, like both players did what they needed to do and then got injured, and you know neither of them are in the league still. So it's tough to to really grade from a from a trade perspective because of like they didn't play seven, eight, nine, ten years after the trade. Like they they got pretty injured and you know they're they're out of the league now. But yeah, I mean it's. It, it uh, bo- both players also slowed down. I feel like Montreal maybe won this a little bit more, only because like New Jersey, I mean, P.K. Subban went to Nashville, played a couple of seasons there, then moved to New Jersey, and then like he really slowed down there. So maybe, maybe you could say Montreal won that in hindsight because Shea Weber was like the leader, the driving force. He, like he was, he was the power play quarterback, and like I, I, if you want to argue that, you can. But both players were just really injured by the, by the end of it, so. Okay, next up. This is an old one. This is Jason Spezza traded by the Ottawa Senators to the Dallas Stars with a second-round pick for Alex Chason, Alexander Guptil, and Lightning legend Nick Paul. Um, yeah, the Stars won this trade. Easily. Not even relatively close. Mark Stone, which, again, this is an interesting one. The I felt like at the time that the golden knights didn't give up a whole lot for mark stone i feel like i feel like people just didn't appreciate how good a hockey player mark stone was during his time in ottawa like that senators team that beat the rangers and what was that the 17 playoffs that was a good hockey team like legitimately like stone they had they had stone they had eric carlson on one leg traded to the vegas golden knights for a second round pick eric brandstrom and rangers legend oscar Lindbergh. the golden knights won their stanley cup I think you can very easily say the yeah. star acquiring team won because Eric Branson never became anything. It doesn't. And honestly, it didn't matter how good he became because Mark Stone's better. Yeah, that's also true. Okay. Matthew Kachuk, uh, star acquiring team. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I like Huberto. I like Uyghur. Uh, yeah. Matthew yeah. Kachuk's one of the five best players in the league. Last up. Yeah. It, well, okay, it's also tough too, because Huberto did play well in Calgary, like at all. Yeah. It, it's, it, it it would have been a little bit of a closer trade if Huberto like really showed like shined brightly in Calgary and like was really stepped up and, and was that top six forward that he was in Florida. But Calgary was such a strange team this year. Like everybody was either really good or really bad. There was there was just a really strange dynamic in there all season long. So it's a little bit harder to kind of see what Huberto could really be in Calgary. Maybe we'll find out when, you know, not Sutter's behind the bench and they actually have some kind of system behind there. But yeah, I mean, when, when Matt Kachuk plays the way he did in Florida, tough to argue otherwise. Last one, our second. Yeah. Our second Lou Lamarillo original Devontae's 
for two second round picks. Peter Shirelli. Peter Man, Shirelli. oh man. I do the- not understand how that I what the fuck? I don't to keep Matt Martin know. and Cal Clutterbuck? I don't know. To keep Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck, you gotta send Devontae's into the ether. Like Yeah, I I I it just sometimes it's one of those situations where I think I forget who put put this iconic trade tweet out or X out. I don't even know what to call them anymore. But like uh, the somebody goes, you know, I wish an NHL team has paid me a million dollars to just once a year say no to things. I like that. That would have been my no to Lou Lamarillo. Like, are you out of your mind? You tra- you traded one of the best defensemen on your team and also in the league because you wanted to keep fourth line grinders. Hey, really, bro, you gotta we gotta pay John Gabriel Pajot. We gotta pay John uh, Gabriel Pajot. Like. It just the this doesn't make it yeah, truly doesn't make any sense to me that this this is a Peter Shirelli trade. Okay, we've got our board up here. I'll leave you with this. What's the worst trade on this board? Honestly, I, I, it's pro to me. I think it's Panarin. I, I was gonna say Panarin. I, you know, we're on the same page. I was gonna say the same thing. Like, here's the thing. Columbus got an elite first line winger for essentially Brandon Saad because he missed his friends. Yeah. What, what are we doing here? It's a special league, man. It's a special league. I, I, I did such a strange really, league. You can't make it up. That's the thing that's crazy about this. Like in other sports that they don't, teams don't go out and give away draft picks and cap space to sign special teams players in the NFL because they won Super Bowls with other teams. Like Matthew Slater might end up – Matthew Slater was a special teamer with the Patriots for all those years, played with the Patriots for like 14 years, won like six Super Bowls. There were not teams running down to beat down his door to be like, oh, this guy won Super Bowls. He knows what it takes to win. I, the NHL's fascination with things that are intangible because it's easier for them to defend themselves because we know what's intangible and they, the rest of us don't. It's it's truly remarkable. Like you look at some of the bad trades here. Like you traded a guy who won a heart trophy for maybe a fourth best defenseman on a good team and Adam Larson, Dougie Hamilton for a bundle of draft picks, which you turned nothing into Seth Jones for like three draft picks and Boquist, who may or may not be good. Eric Carlson, the second time, for nothing, effectively. Yeah. The Sharks got they got one draft pick to show for it. I think Tyler, I think this I think the Carlson trade to Pittsburgh has to be my my runner up. It's I have to so see how bad. it ages. I it's, have to see how it ages before. Because like if Carlson's cooked, then here's okay. the thing. Here's here honestly, honestly, here's the thing about this Carlson trade. If Eric Carlson never plays for the Penguins, it is still a win for the Penguins. That's how bad this was for San Jose. That's how bad that's it was. How impor- that's how important it was to get rid of Granlin. Yeah. 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 He he severely like he severely handicapped their cap because Ron Hextall was really bad at his job and Kyle Dubas sent out him and a top 10 protected first round pick for Eric Carlson, a guy who just won the Norris. If he never plays, that's still a great trade. That's that yeah. trade is like what teams do on the regular when they have to dump salary anyway. Yeah. This was a cap dump and the Penguins got Eric Carlson. What are we doing here? What's happening? This is what having a stroke feels like. Like, I don't understand. I'm at a loss. 
It's a special league. It's it's truly a special league. Uh, this is what happens when everybody lacks creativity and vision. Everybody just copies each other's notes, and you get these awful trades over and over again. Because, oh, Lula Morello's been doing this since John F. Kennedy was president. I got to do the stuff he does. Oh, David Poyle's been doing this since the first Reagan administration. I got to do this. And you get these never-ending loops of just terrible trades from – and, like, how does Chris Drury, who has been pretty bad at trades, already have a tree? How does Greer already have a job? Like, what did Mike Greer do as a Rangers assistant general manager to get the – like, I, I can't understand it. Like, yeah, the entire world is just one big networking scheme of, like, if you know the right people, you can get anywhere. And if you believe in yourself, even though you might not have any actual ability, you can get pretty far – but man, is it frustrating when like all facts and reasoning are thrown out the window. That's really what it comes down to. It's just like these people act irrationally. The NHL for better or like, man, it's such a, I love this game so much. I love this sport so much. It is run by just the silliest people on the planet. Like instead of genuinely wanting your team to be the best, Instead, like you're relying on, you know, the hashtag intangibles, hashtag grit, hashtag like this guy won 80 years ago. Yeah, he he brings what's necessary to the table. Oh, he could he, he could he could help us win in 2023. Like that's what the Rangers did with with Patrick Kane. Like, oh yeah, he won those cups, you know, during the Renaissance. It's like he can he can win now. It's like no, he can't. For like that's why people that's why teams don't want to trade for him because he can't play anymore, and yet. They did. Are. I don't know. Eat Arby's, right. bro. I, like it's it's just like this. The NHL is such a such a silly silly league, man. All right, we will see you guys next week. That'll do it for this week's show. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. We're over on YouTube as well. If that's more your thing, I'll tweet out the link to the tier maker. Make your own. Let us know what you think. I'll make sure to put line A in there before I tweet out the link to that. Uh, that's it. We all we got. Uh, we'll see you guys soon. Be safe. Drink water. All that good stuff. Later.